Welcome everybody to Pew Pew Panel. Today we are going to be talking about some very fun mail that we received, including some optics, some steel, and we're going to be talking about the best states to live in, according to, well, you guys. We're also going to be going over the best guns of all time, as in like the best historical guns of all time. Ava, let's jump into it. This is going to be a fun one. Let's go right into our mail call because Peaches isn't there, and so we can't give Peaches a shout out. <laughs> I know. Where is that little brat? <laughs> also, um, it sounds like you're still sick. And all I have to say is two words, grounding map. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anybody wondering, we record these episodes back to back. And so about 20 minutes ago was a week ago for everybody else. And it's fun, though, because we have a ton of we have a, we had a ton of really cool topics. So it's honestly it makes these days a lot of fun when we get to record these episodes. So thank yeah. you guys for listening. And putting up with my man cold. It's, yeah. I'm going to die. I'm gonna I know. Die. It's funny because like you're having like the worst day ever. And I'm like, I'm having the best day. Like nothing could ruin my day. My life lately has just been on cloud nine and I'm, everything's great. And then, you know, you're just uh, sick again. Well, but um, yeah, it's like, fine. My life, I'm not going to lie, has been very good lately. Just like not as much stressful stuff happening. I have a cold, but whatever, I'll survive. But I would yeah. agree. For anybody wondering, some days are bad days, some days are good days. You'll get to the good days. It's nice. Uh, you know what? I always tell people, if you're having a bad day, bad month, bad year, whatever, I mean, sometimes you got to have bad, you have to have bad days, bad years, bad months in order to fully enjoy the good ones. So yeah, there is always light at the end of the tunnel. We are going to talk about guns, but I do tell my wife that I feed her horrible and disgusting food that I try and make her test it out just so she can appreciate when she does get the good food, so I guess it kind of follows the same That's, logic, right? Yeah. She doesn't agree with me, but... All right, let's do mail call. Um, I think I'm going to go first. So I got a new pet for peaches. It's so cute. Doug is so cute. Aw. Hello, oh. little prairie dog. Hi. Uh, all right, so if you guys are just listening and not actually watching the show, I just picked out... This little AR-500 steel, it's called the Prairie Dog, Caldwell, it's, they introduced it at SHOT Show. It's one of their newest lineups for their steel, and they come in a bunch of different shapes and sizes. I also got the, uh, It's I think it's like an elk, or yeah, it's an elk, um, but this one was small enough for me to pick up and actually show you guys on the show. And I'm really looking the, the forward to thing shooting about it. this steel. So yeah, I mean, it's the shape of a prairie dog. So this is great for like if people are out there and you like, let's say you live somewhere and you just have a horrible prairie dog infestation. This is the perfect practice target because there's pretty much no other steel that is a prairie dog. So that's pretty nifty. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I didn't know that that was the case. But and it, okay, so you know what's kind of nice about this. So rifle velocity and pistol velocity. So it can take a beating for both, which you always want to make sure when you're shooting steel that it, if you're shooting rifle, it's rated for rifle and, you know, vice versa. Or some of it's only rated for like 22 and then you're going to destroy your steel. But um, I will say like Caldwell has some really good steel, but best of all, it's affordable. And I have it all in my outdoor range and... Um, I've been really happy with it. I mean, I don't, I just set it up. It stays out there all year round. I don't put it away for the winter. It definitely takes a beating and I'm going on two and a half years now and I still have steel from, from that time. So 
Yeah. Probably doesn't look nice and yellow like it did in the beginning. No, that's, that's the way it that's the only thing, yeah. So I just started spray painting. I just buy spray paint, like whatever's on sale that's, you know, inexpensive. Um, if you guys actually want to get any Caldwell products, feel free to use the code uh, GUNFUNNY10, all one word, and you're going to get 10% off, and that's CaldwellShooting.com. And they're a sponsor of the other show you do. They actually sent me their Claymore, so it's like a Clay Pigeon launcher. Yeah. Like, they don't sponsor anything I do, but they're like, hey, we need you to just try this. Tell us what you do. Dude, take. you are going to love it. I have it, too. I'm excited. It is so fun. You don't need batteries. It's, like, self-propelled. You can change the settings. So if you want it to be, like, a little bit faster, a little bit easier, or go different directions, it holds 50 clays. Uh, it's a game changer, and it's easy to transport, and it's, yeah, you're going to have a lot of fun. I'm excited for that one. Um but I, I, maybe I'm going to talk about that as a mail call for a different episode today. Yeah. <laughs> I got some really cool stuff. So and I mentioned these in our last episode. These are Gideon Optics new offerings on the market. Uh, they This is their mediator. It's an enclosed red dot. Do you always need an enclosed red dot that's waterproof and dustproof and windproof and lightning proof? It's I don't know if it's actually lightning proof. Probably you don't need all that all the time, but this thing can take a beating and I really want to torture test it. So I might need to tell Gideon that I'm going to torture test one of these things. Do you remember Do you remember what the price was on it? Because I remember thinking it was pretty well priced. They were at TriggerCon and I checked out some of their stuff as well. And I want to say a lot of it was like in the $200 or less range. It's like two, it's like just over 200 for everything. And the wild part is that this is their only optic that's slightly more expensive. And that's because it's um, the Completely it close. just a red dot. It can go to just the donut or it could go to the red dot with the donut. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this one's actually green, but everything else they do is like 230 across the board um, except for this one's just a little bit more expensive just because the emitters from what they told me cost them more to produce but yeah their stuff is competitively priced they're trying to just knock it out of the park with stuff that can't wreck so I've yet to test well no I have tested this one um, not on this gun because they gave me a special acro mount that they're beta testing so I'm going to help them out with that they also got me the Omega so that's like the competition size. I know everybody who's looking at their camera. I am pointing the gun at the camera, but it's it's, it's a funny position for me. I know it's funny how so many people they'll lose it when they're like, "How could you point it at that camera?" And yeah, so um, I have nobody filming me, so we're good. Um, but yeah, so that's their Omega, and I have another one somewhere else. So they sent me three, testing them out. It's uh, they're really cool. I my, enjoyed them. So my favorite far. though is um, that they're all shake awake, which I. I don't, I mean, so one, just for self-defense perspective, I think that's important, but I also forget to shut my optics off all the time. I cannot tell you how many times I get to the range and I'm like, cool, my battery's dead. And, you know, all yep. these optics take different batteries and I don't know. So it's nice it's that too it has auto. It, it either has to last forever and stay on mm-hmm. or it needs to have shake awake and last a while. And the funny thing is it's like a year is like the new standard. Like if it can last a year on one battery... I know. You'll be fine. And like, that just blows my mind. Yeah. It could last that long. Uh, the other thing is battery trays on top that they have. 
Because if it's underneath, you have to take your optic off. Yeah. And then you have to re-zero it every year when you have yeah. to replace that battery, even if the battery has lasts for a long time. So it's nice to have the battery tray up top. Stay zeroed. You don't have to touch it. So yeah, I'm absolutely. excited. I'm excited for those. All right. Now it's time. Would you rather? And I see the question that you put in here is from our fans that we met. That's right, guys. We have fans. We met them at SugarCon. And There's two of them. Yeah. Cody and Dean from Kansas. And we got a picture with them. If you guys want to check it out, uh, check out our Instagram and our Facebook. In fact, we're really trying to build up those pages. So if you haven't liked our social media yet, just just search Pew Pew Panel, Facebook, Instagram, and you will find us. But Cody and Dean, they asked, would you rather lose your co-host in a shooting match at a public range day or a private match that you would have to film and add to the podcast later? And, and hi, Ava, it's would you rather lose to your co-host in a shooting match, not lose your co-host in a shooting match? Oh. <laughs> that would be very tragic. So I just thought I would clarify that point. That's hilarious. Well, I think they asked this because um, remember how we were like saying that we were going to do a shooting match at range day? And then someone wussed out and was like, oh, I got to get back. I got work to do. And and you didn't go to range day. I know. You know? So I kind of feel like. I ultimately just won, but well, the problem is like I didn't want to embarrass you. Um, we because you're okay. you're a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, you have like a professional look that you need to uphold. It's part of your brand, and I wouldn't want to tarnish that. Um, so <laughs> I just thought I would ditch out on that range day, but I definitely would have won. Uh, that's it's not even a question there. I mean, one of the guys, one of the. One of the uh, companies, the owner, um, after I shot his gun, he was like, dang. He's like, I got one question. Are you married? And then I was like, no. And he's like, do you want to be? <laughs> because, well, you know, I shoot pretty well. So um, actually, yeah, that's, there was that's something that some people look for. That's all. So, as long as you like guns and you can shoot well. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Um, there was one company. I won't name names, but they did kind of annoy me a little bit when I went to the range. And. The guy was like making sure that he's like, okay, so when you grip the gun, you got to grip it like this and you got to make sure. And I was like, I looked at my camera guy and I just started laughing. And then I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Thanks. And then like, I was so mad because I don't know. I don't, I don't think you should assume what somebody can and can't do. I think that it's polite to ask like, hey, do you need any assistance or you want any pointers or do you know how to use this gun? And then kind of yeah. go from there. as like a safety thing. You know, yeah. you see somebody being unsafe and they just want to double check for safety. But yeah, yeah no. But the guy was just like, okay, so now remember, you know, your non support hand, the thumb's going to face forward. Like, and I, I'm an instructor. Thank you very well, much. <laughs> I don't like, I don't mind, you know, I don't mind somebody just telling me, like, hey, you know, just a reminder, whatever. Um, but I took the gun. I was like so mad. I was like, ping, 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 ping. And then I picked up the other gun. I was like, ping, ping, ping. And he's like, wow, you didn't miss at all. And I was like, nope. And then I walked away. <laughs> but I was like, Another I don't know. Drop moment. Yeah, it was just, it really just annoyed me. Usually, and usually I, I shoot a little bit slower when I'm first testing out guns because I like to feel everything. Like somebody asked me, they're like, how do you know when uh, your mag's empty? And I just feel it. I don't really count my rounds. Oh, interesting. I always, I almost always, unless it locks back, I have a dry click. Like, no, I never do. Actually counting. Very yeah, good. no, I, I just, with handgun and, and rifle, I usually 99% of the time always feel when my gun is empty and I never yeah. accidentally, you know. That's a skill I need to, uh, 
I need to. You'll get there. You'll get there. All right. So, all right. So, what would you rather do? So, a match Uh, at a public range. So, like, it depends, you know, public range, how many people are there, Um, or private match, but you'd have to film and and everybody gets to see it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd say probably public range and assuming there's maybe not as many people there, but let's say there's 300 people there. That's still. Well, then again, those 300 people could be recording it, too, and then they could post it on their social media. So I don't like anything as safe. Yeah, I would I would prefer to post it online because I actually, despite the fact that I joke about caring, I don't really care. I know Ava would probably beat me, and I think it would be fun to let everybody see it. So I think I would go with, a, I think I'd go with putting it up on social media. That's just because you can edit the results. <laughs> no. Yeah, I could lose and just edit it to make it look like I won. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I would prefer to post it. Um, it's different for me, though, since I expect to lose. Ava, this is a harder question for you since, you know. No, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I know I've, you know, I've been in the industry for a while, but, like, I really don't shoot that well. Like, I've said all the time, I'm not a professional shooter. I'm not doing competitions. I still think that it very much, like, I'm just a regular shooter, like a person who just really enjoys shooting and knows enough to give a decent opinion about it but by no means am i a professional so who knows it might actually be a pretty good you know humbling pretty good oh yeah pretty good competition um so thank you cody and dean it was a ton of fun to meet you guys i'm sure we're going to meet more people who are listening to this at some point somewhere so Mm -hmm. if you ever see us stop us and say hi absolutely Uh, don't hesitate yeah, no. Uh, the, the, just another reminder for everybody, go follow us on our socials. Follow this podcast if you haven't already. Um, one thing that would be really good, actually, is if you turn on the bell notification, what it does is it'll pop up with an alert on your phone when the podcast comes out. You can either click on that alert or you can dismiss it, but what it'll do is it'll tell YouTube like that it is a podcast you want to see, so they'll recommend it to you again. So that's just something to keep in mind. Turn on that bell notification. And also hit that thumbs up. That's true. If you're watching us on YouTube. Yes. Hit the thumbs up if you're watching us on YouTube or drop a review if you're listening on Apple Podcast or any other podcast service. Yeah. Um, If it's a five-star review. If it's a four-star review, Ava will probably... I'll find you. I'll find you. And have a bad day. So five-star reviews only, though. But honestly, we appreciate the reviews. Tell us a little bit about yourself as well. Because then we will share it on the podcast and then you guys will get to hear us talking about you and um, we'll kind of share what you said about the podcast as well. So we really appreciate that. All right. Time for listener questions and comments. So we asked a lot of you guys what your favorite state was and that was fun to read. Uh, Let's see. So Arizona. Well, this came from Andrew Ocho. Ocha. Ochoa. Ochoa. Uh, he said Arizona has some of the best gun laws. One reason it's my favorite state. Arizona has very good gun laws. It is yes. surprisingly good. Um, it is surprisingly good. I would say Idaho, Arizona, and maybe one other state. No, I mean there's good. there's a few other states, but I will say heads up, no state is safe. So guys, don't very let true. you know. Don't get. Uh, don't get uh what's that word that i'm looking complacent for? yeah complacent so uh tyler scott missouri love missouri love it here and then super paintballer 96 north carolina the beautiful beaches and history have you been to north carolina i have yeah 
Um, I didn't, I don't think I ever went to the beaches. Actually, maybe I did actually. And it was, I, I mean, I didn't go and like walk out. I just like drove past it. Um, but it was very humid. It didn't, it didn't, my hair didn't like it. Oh, poor Ava's hair. You know, yeah. it's a beautiful state and all beaches are wonderful, but my hair. Oh. My hair, it was so bad. I'm actually going to Hawaii soon and uh, curious how You'll my hair's going to be then. You'll survive. Yeah. I'll have to give you some pointers on uh, what to do when you get, speaking of states, on what to do when you go to Hawaii. Uh, there's some fun, fun things to do there that you don't want to miss. Actually, if anybody has any recommendations, definitely put it in the comments below because I would greatly appreciate it. This is my first time going, and I've always wanted to go there, mostly because of the plants, because I love plants, and the plants that I have in my house probably grow wild there, so I'm just super excited to see it. Uh, next one is Chill Silver and Such, or is it OT-Chill Silver and Such? He said, Alabama is very gun-friendly, and now we have non-licensed concealed carry, so no more no more need to buy a concealed carry weapons license. And we, are, we also recognize most CCW licenses from other states, so no weird gun laws when coming into the state. Yeah, so that's a nice thing is when they recognize other people's um, yeah. concealed carry weapons license. And speaking of silver in, in the T-Chill Silver and such... I'm going to be mentioning that in just a few minutes, precious metals, but we got a couple more comments here. All right, you read the next one. We got comment for the algorithm. Dogs in Louisiana, great hunting and fishing. Anything else? That's post-pandemic survival. Louisiana, oh, I see some of the crawfish videos that come out of there, and it just makes me want to start doing a crawfish cookout, but that is awesome. Um, Then we have... Florida because Florida man lives here and that's from Blazing Ranch. I love that comment. I every time I mean I love Florida just for you know the fact that like so many crazy things happen there and I talk about it on my podcast quite a bit on Gun Funny because I'm like why is it always freaking Florida man? It is. Something there. Something like in the water maybe the heat gets to their head. I don't know what's going on but (laughs) it always makes for great news. And then, our, so thank you, Guns Blazing Rant. And then from post-pandemic survival, you guys, if you notice, he said comment for the algorithm at the beginning of his comments. Super, uh, super nice. Go, go comment for the algorithm. That will help this video get a little bit more exposure. And then I wanted to announce our Goldback final giveaway plug. So if you guys have been following um, the posts we've been making, we have been kind of promoting the podcast and doing a gold giveaway. And that's with goldbacks. So goldbacks are essentially like, let's see if I even have some here. Or if I put them somewhere else in preparation for this giveaway, which I think might be the case. We will. Ready to be sent out. I was like, cool, Dalen, tell me you're rich without telling me you're rich. You're like, oh, hold on. I just have gold maybe in my desk somewhere, you know. In these goldbacks. But essentially, I do. I've I've set them aside specifically for this giveaway just so I don't accidentally overgive them away. Yeah. We set people to the podcast to subscribe in order to be entered. Now, what people don't know is there's one final extra step. And that is going to be sending us an email if you're listening to this. Because we want to make sure to give the gold away to people who are dedicated uh, listeners, not just people who came to subscribe. So if you're listening to this, like, congratulations. Um, it's We want you to email civiliantacticalgiveaway at gmail.com. 
So email civiliantacticalgiveaway at gmail.com. Uh, let me know where you live. And that is for us to send the gold to your house. Not everybody will be able to win. Um, but there's a good chance you're going to get some gold in the form of these gold backs if you email us with a place to send that gold. So thank you guys for being part of that, uh, for subscribing, for listening. Again, it's civilian tactical giveaway at gmail.com and uh, good luck. All right. Now I think it's time to go into our main topic. Um, okay. So main topic. So most popular guns uh, throughout, I guess. Yeah. Just most influential in literally all of history. I thought this would be a fun, yeah. fun one to go over. And there's going to be some, uh, Ava, like you said, when you're looking at these, you're like, ooh, some of these I haven't shot. Some of these you're not 100% familiar with. But I think these will start to ring a bell as we go through them. Yeah. And there's 10. We just picked 10. And we want you guys to when you, if you notice that we missed a gun in here that you feel like is a very influential gun in the history of guns that's not here, drop it in the comments. And do keep in mind, we're only going to pick 10. So there's going to be a bunch that don't make it. No. There's got to be. It's the only way to do it. Um, and then the first few are going to be so early in firearms history and more broad that they're not going to be like a specific model of firearm. You know, so we're kind of busting in a little bit at the beginning. But going all the way back to the 15th century, we're going to start with matchlock muskets. That's like the closest thing that we see to like a handheld firearm to what we have today <laughs> rather than just like a blunderbuss, right? Um, so the interesting thing about these is they were, you'd essentially light the match cord. It would then burn down depending on like the model and how old and when it was created. And then it would ignite that gunpowder super slow to reload, but it was hugely revolutionary. Um, cause you got to think about what they were using instead of these matchlock rifles. It would be something like a bow or a step above that was like the crossbow. And the reason crossbows were so damaging was because you could take somebody who, instead of learning ears how to shoot a bow, you could take some recruit, teach them for three weeks on how to shoot a crossbow, and they could shoot just as good as an archer, right? <laughs> so then introduce the matchlock musket, and it's the same thing, just more deadly. So yeah. pretty can big you, deal. Can you imagine fighting a war with muskets? That would be terrifying. I would be like, all right, well, I'm just going to give up now. <laughs> yeah, it would be absolutely terrifying. You are pretty much like you could pretty much see whoever you're shooting at, given the uh, effective range of those muskets not being very far. So, yeah, it would be horrifying. You know, it's kind of cool. So I, I will say I'm, I'm slightly spoiled on a lot of these because I have seen them in person because my dad owns them. Uh, I have okay. not. Yeah, humble brag, but I've not shot them. And even my daddy's like, I would love to shoot these. He's like, but it's like, I think it's just too dangerous, you know, if they're that old, like. Dangerous for yourself and also for the peace. Like, you don't want to ruin. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Old musket. Yeah, not to mention the cost, you know, like how much. I mean, they're pretty valuable nowadays, so. Very. Uh, next is the Brown Best Musket. Named after the Brown family of English gunsmiths. And I know interesting. About... Yeah, the interesting thing about this one is it's not technically a gun. So the Brown Best musket is like an iteration of guns. You could think of it as like a brand. So the family, um, the Brown family, like just kept iterating the gun. 
So when we say brown best, it's also a little bit cheating because it's not a specific gun, right? But essentially, it was making a more reliable flintlock must a flintlock musket, and mm -hmm. it's what. So when you think of like, you know, the British Army shooting their muskets, this is exactly what they were shooting. So kind of the uh, gun of colonialism, and you know, and this and this says uh, 1722. So I mean, we're going back a lot. It's it's not even like in the 1800s. Like it's pretty old. Yep, and this is uh. I feel like there would have been a lot of these floating around early early America. There would be a ton of these as like sort of just like the standard. Yeah. Um, it was, in fact, yes, it was majorly used in the Revolutionary War. And anybody who's like a gun nut and like hearing me read this and have to yeah. be like, of course it was used in the Revolutionary <laughs> War. But we're, we're learning this along with you guys yeah. and just having a fun time with it. I mean... Um, I will say, though, like, and I've said this before, I don't have a ton of knowledge about older guns. And you would think I would or I should because of who my dad is and because he's so knowledgeable about it. But, like, I I mean, most of my knowledge just stems from guns that, you know, all of the newer stuff, like, in the last 10 years. Otherwise, it's kind of like, eh, like, you know, there's some stuff that's, like, that we're going to go over that, okay, I recognize the name or I've shot or, you know, I've seen, but um, but I couldn't tell you you know, a bunch of different facts about specific models or anything like that. Yeah. And then I guess that moves on to, like you mentioned, that's some older stuff. Let's get into some newer stuff. Uh, by new, I mean like 1878. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Colt Single Action Army. This is a very interesting one because it was nicknamed the Peacemaker, made by Samuel Colt. And it was like the gun of the Wild West. When you think of like Wild West... This is the gun. And I just like the fact that it was nicknamed the Peacemaker. Like, can you imagine if the U.S. military came out, like if SIG came out with mm -hmm. a gun for the U.S. military and they called it the Peacemaker? Uh, I just I just found that kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely the gun of the Wild West. And because the Wild West was like kind of crazy, maybe not as crazy as they show it to be in the movies, but I guess it makes sense that it was the Peacemaker. Yeah. Okay, so it says uh, innovative swing-out cylinder in a single-gate loading. So that's kind of interesting. So the swing-out cylinder, then, would that be like your typical revolver that yep. you... It doesn't but attach it... from the gun as you swing it out. It kind of just pops out. Oh, so, okay, gotcha. But it was still that little gate. And I remember the first time I ever saw a single-action revolver. And, you know, you just, like, open that little window, that little gate and you're just like okay insert turn insert turn and i was like i don't have patience for this and then afterwards you shoot it cool now you have to eject you know at like each one individually yeah no i'm no thank you i yep. mean definitely definitely better than a musket though yes <laughs> much better than a musket this is the era of like lever actions as well when it comes to rifles so even rifles are making big advances and like i said we have to pick 10 so there's, in this stage of history, there's advances in rifle technology that, you know, we don't even have on this list, so. Yeah. Next is the Lee Infield rifle. This one I'm actually familiar with. Um, my dad has taught me about this one. Designed by James Paris Lee. It's a bolt-action rifle, and it actually has quite a bit of, like, like rapid-fire uh, capability. Compared to what they were shooting before, right? Yeah. Like this yeah. is reliable enough that they can, it's because it's a bolt action. So I think it's kind of funny that it is rapid fire, but for them, it was extremely rapid fire, mm -hmm. right? 
compared to what they were doing before, it was reliable enough that they could shoot, shoot, shoot without it jamming up. So they definitely, uh, it was an advancement for them. Which actually, um, I just kind of had a flashback. So at Chirricon range day, somebody had me shoot, I think it was PWS. Uh, they had a bolt action 22 that was suppressed and it shot really well. I mean, very little noise whatsoever. Felt like a water gun, but I'm like, it just sucks as you're like, you have it here, you know, it's, it's shouldered and you're just like, okay, let's see how quickly I could do this. And I hate doing bolt action just because it's like, uh, you know, I mean, I get it for like long range shooting or something like that. But if you're trying to shoot quickly, which I was, I was trying to shoot as many guns as I possibly could within like two and a half hours. And I was like, cool, we're done. Let's go. And so I was like, cool, great. Like it was just... So I couldn't even imagine. There's some, techniques. there's some techniques for those bolt action 22s. If you get your pinky in just the right place, you yeah. can move the bolt with your hand and then bring your pinky down and pull the trigger. And you can, I've seen some people go oh. wicked fast. So there's some very interesting techniques for bolt action. Huh. Not I'll that you try that. Not that you need it. If you want to shoot fast, you can No, that's, that actually kind of makes sense because I was like, oh, this is going to take forever. I was like, yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> Where's the semi-autos? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually shot the Lee Enfield. The interesting thing about it is it was used in both World Wars. So imagine a World War One gun being used in World War Two, but there's newer guns out. Like there was the M1 Garand. Mm -hmm. The British were actually complaining about how unreliable their infields were. And it wasn't true. They were lying about it because they wanted the M1 Garands that the Americans had. So they thought, hey, maybe if we complain enough about our gun, they're going to give us something better like what the Americans have. So that's just a little interesting tidbit hmm. about that gun. Uh, but it served very well through that's both wars. Next is then the Mauser C96. And this is going back to 1896. And designed by Paul and Willem Mauser. Will Willem? Did I say that? Wilhelm? That Wilhelm? Wilhelm Mauser. Wilhelm. Uh, semi-automatic yeah. pistol what in a detachable magazine oh. this is the broom handle that we that we all know and love yeah the broom now we are getting bouncer. now we are just getting uh spoiled so and this is when it comes to semi-auto like this is this was like the cream of the crop of the day 1986 um no it was, was... wait 1986 you mean 18, oh, 1890, 1896. So revolutionary for days. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, 1886. Um, but it was like sort of the standard, despite the fact that it was an ergonomic nightmare, um, yeah. was sort of mind-blowing back in the day. There was nothing like it when it came to semi-auto handguns. That was like the best of the best and with I mean, reliability. Yeah, and it also kind of like set the stage for like, you know, like future handgun designs. You know, it was like pretty iconic in essence. That's very true. And it's interesting that we've switched from where, because they had it in in that Broomhandle Mauser. It's mm -hmm. that loading gate right up at the top. And eventually they started to realize, hey, we can utilize the space in the grip, right? Yeah. So uh, we did have some progression, but that is sort of the best of the best of the time. And uh, that's five so far of our top ten, going yeah. in order of history. We have five more. Um, before we go into the next five, I wanted to take a quick break and just figure out, like, I don't know where Peaches is 
it's been the entire show. She hasn't even made an appearance. And I wonder what the hell she's doing because, I mean, look, Dalen, you have kids. Anytime your kids are quiet, you're like, okay, red flag, what are you doing? Yes. So, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm like, hey, peaches. I don't even know what she's doing. All you have to do is talk to Google or Siri and Peaches (laughs) will freak out or somebody, if they ring the doorbell, you'll be able to find her very quickly. Yeah. All right. So before we move on, another quick plug for our socials, you guys go follow them, go subscribe, go like all the things. So yeah, yeah, let's jump into those last five. All right. Last five. So Springfield, uh, 1903. Is that the N1903? Yep. The N1903. That's interesting. I guess I don't really hear about that. Do people refer to it as the N1903? Um, yes, this, I mean, it's pretty easy. It's like the 1911, right? Just yeah. after whenever you make it. But this is the, <laughs> pretty much this is that 30-06. So this is back bigger, bigger cartridge before that, before the military eventually developed that 308, which, uh, controversial in saying it's very similar in ballistic performance to the 30-06. But this was... The U.S. military's official rifle, chambered in their official caliber, a magazine-fed repeating rifle. Like this was, this did it all for them. Um, so this was okay. That, but also, I just looked at the rest of our list, and like you didn't even include the 1911. Do you know how many people are going to be upset about this? You're not supposed to tell them. We're supposed to keep them in suspense uh, until we pass it, and then we can get the angry comments. We're supposed to keep them watching for as long as possible. I mean, I leave. I'm even kind of angry because I'm like, Dalen, who comprised this list? Where are you getting your facts from? 1911 won two world wars. <laughs> Single-handedly. It, it, like, you can think of country winning the world wars, but if we really think about it, it was the 1911 that came out as the victor. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, Thompson machine gun. Yes, or submachine gun. And this is where people could say, why did you put the Thompson submachine gun in here when you didn't put the 1911 right this is the if anybody has the right to be mad this would be exactly where to do it well what was your reasoning for this uh just the advancements in submachine gun technology we had um you know we have had some other submachine guns the thompson was actually developed in 1921 so some of the earliest and i know it's not the first but it was known as the most reliable. Also, like, maybe I'm skewed towards American history a little bit. Mm-hmm. And people can call me out for that if that's the case. But it was very big during Prohibition era. Mm-hmm. It kind of became known as, like, the mob gun. Uh, so, I don't know. That's kind of why I picked that one. Just It was made for maximum damage. Shoot the most amount of ammunition that you can in the shortest amount of time. Submachine guns, small caliber. Uh, manageable recoil. Uh, that's kind of why I picked this one, but maybe I'm a little bit biased. So, I mean, I don't. I I do love a good Tommy gun. So, but they're really not practical at all. I mean, they're like heavy, heavy, and it's, and then it's people spray shooting spray. them. Yeah, and then people shooting them from the hip. Even I'm like, even that's kind of hard to do. I don't know if you've tried to do that. It's not the well, easiest. When it comes to mop and gang violence, nothing's really yeah. changed. It's the yeah. uh, same strategy when it comes to shooting as it was back then, I guess. Makes sense. 
Uh, all right, next one. Um, Grantham, he would love this one. M1 Garand. 1936, designed by John C. Garand. So, semi-automatic rifle and considered rapid and accurate. Um, let's see, it was it was mostly for, like, World War II and, I guess, the Korean War as well. Like, those were, like, that was what it was used specifically for. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's totally correct. Um, and when people... In fact, it was it was used it was licensed by different companies like in the Philippines. I know I can't remember if they got the American made ones or if they made their own. I'm not 100 percent sure, but a lot of a lot of with these dates that we're mentioning, you guys, so 1936. There's discrepancies between when they are invented, when and when they go into service, and when they're field tested. And usually, the dates we're gonna pick are gonna be like one of those. <laughs> um, so yeah, 1936 used in the Korean World War War World War Two. And their biggest impact was definitely World War II because it was revolutionary at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this one, well, I think everyone's going to be familiar with this one, AK-47. And designed by Mikhail Kalashnikov, which I did not know that it was designed by Kalashnikov. So I actually, in our last episode, we talked about AKs and what we liked. And I have a Kalashnikov that is... Uh, pre-ban import, you know, pre-importation ban or whatever. Um, and I've been really happy with that. But yeah, so Kalashnikov invented the AK-47 and this was in 1947. And Ava, this is the, like, this is the K in AK-47 in case you're wondering. That's Kalashnikov. I, now you know. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. Don't judge me. Um, that's all right. We won't judge you. Um, well, the, wait, and then, okay, so stupid question. So then is the 47, 47 because it was, it came out in 1947? Yes. I didn't know that either. Well, 19, the interesting thing about 1947 here, let me pull up. This is, this is the one where the dates can get a little bit squirrely. Yeah, because usually, I mean, especially with history, uh, I know that, you know, people would be like, well, we found, I mean, 1947 wasn't that long ago, though. So this so is the interesting like... thing is it was like presented in 1947, work began in 1945, and in 1948, it was introduced into act- active service. So like if you ask somebody what date was AK-47 introduced into active service, they might say, well, 1947 because AK-47, but that's just like when the trials began and it's not even yeah. when they started developing it. So it's kind of like AK-47 is the year that they picked a name for it, <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah, I'm. So, I'm just. I mean, I'm just trying to know like how to like if I go to trivia, I just want to know exactly how to answer this question. You know, for being yeah. honest. So it's when they started trials mm-hmm. with it, not when it entered active service. And there is that discrepancy. So if anybody's wondering when it entered active service, it was about a year afterwards. But there's also a difference between when it entered special use active service for like their special forces versus general active service for all the military. So. You could really dive into the weeds with all these dates, AK-47, 1947, you know, that's when they started doing their yeah. trials on it and they named it. Did I just make like a really big bang because I hit my mic at all? Or it no? Was, no, it wasn't too bad. I was like, okay. sure we'll forgive you. <laughs> I was like, sorry, sorry for your ears. No, all right. Good. And then number 10, anybody want to take any guesses? Oh, well, okay. we're not live, so they can't. <laughs> What's it going to be, you guys? What's the last one going to be? Well, 
I think they all know. I mean, clearly it's not going to be the freaking 1911, which I can't believe you left that out, Daylin. I'm not a big 1911 fan, but even I'm a little disappointed in that one. The last one is the 2011. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's the M16 or the AR-15 platform. And this was designed by Eugene Stoner, as many people know. Uh, Adopted by the U.S. military, licensed through Colts, named the M16 for the military version, which is fully automatic. And the AR-15 that we have today is sort of based off of that in a semi-auto format for civilians, meant to be easier to shoot, uh, better for sporting, better for home defense. And And... basically politicians have had their panties in a bunch ever since it came out. (laughs) And so that's very true. (laughs) And it's sort of just like been used yep. by the u.s services for so long it's just sort of standard now um yeah you want something where you can find the parts for it if you want something that's going to be reliable something that can get the job done it's going to do it mm-hmm. yep all right well i think that wraps it up but before we let you guys go i noticed last show we did not pick a listener of the week which i apologize well, i'm gonna blame my fault because i was yeah i was supposed to find that and i forgot so I know. here this we are is- this is what happens, you know, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's all right. We'll just blame it on the cold, the cold medicine. All right. So hopefully I can remember um, who did what. But now we have 40 reviews. You guys cool. are doing your job. Thank you for listening. Thank you for dropping these reviews. This will be your reminder. Go drop a review um apple podcast is the easiest way to do it it tells the algorithm that it is a listen worthy gun podcast so that when people search gun podcast in the search bar they'll start to recommend us if we can get enough reviews so it'll be super helpful okay so i think i did came in for a tattoo left my tattoo artist austin turned me on to y'all and i'm hooked i think i already did that one right from tap 15 yeah okay so then there is uh dup F N E K W Z Pix T. Great podcast. Five stars. Always worth listening to. Then there is Nave underscore one. Title Great Podcast. This is four stars. All right. So I think I know who wrote this. He's a um a gun funny uh patron. I'm gonna have to be like, we, I don't we did tell I you guys no she will know who you are. She will find you. I'm like, well, why do you guys? Okay, so just be careful when you tap the stars that you don't accidentally tap four stars. How do we know they're not doing this on purpose to motivate us to improve? Uh, because everything I do is perfect. Okay, okay, I see. <laughs> okay, so it says the conversation, the discussions are comical. Enjoy the content you both put out. And then uh, I'm going to do a third one because, you know, we missed last week's Dave the Hunter who emails us all the time. We always like to hear from him. Episode 15, five stars. Gotta love these guys. There is a pleasant chemistry between the hosts and I guess even Peaches, which is hilarious because Dale and I don't even like each other in real life. They travel through conversations which are different and thought-provoking. I just need to come up with some questions. I feel like I've read that one before. You have, but hey, that's all right. Okay, then... Do know, you Let's, guys, that if you leave a review, you're probably going to get read it in like three different episodes because we can never keep track of which ones post <laughs> when. Yeah, Dalen forgets to include the the reads, and then I just keep reading the same one. Okay, well, this one I don't think we've read before. Tall guy one two three four five titled "Ava's Great," five stars. 
And then it says, Dalen needs work. And they spelled your name wrong. <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh, you didn't, you didn't give me any points of improvement. It wasn't <laughs> constructive criticism. I can't I can't improve anything based off of that information. But uh, maybe uh, leave another. if you leave another five-star review, then you can tell me what you want me to do better. And then uh, <laughs> I think we'll be in a good place. That's hilarious. All right. Well, I think that that's it. I think that's a wrap. Um, as always, guys, we really appreciate you listening. Again, uh, just we're trying to build our social media. So if you haven't, um, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel, please do so. Like our social media, Instagram, Facebook. It's all the same. Just search for Pew Pew Panel. Leave a review. Ask us questions. And we will see you guys next week.